Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. No tagline. Just, just streaming things. We're past it. So Over good to it. be here. So good to be here. Such a rough day for me. Long day at the old nine to five, which was a more like a nine to eight thirty ish. Very upset. That's a long ass day. You know, it's pretty typical. That is a long nine to five, bro. Pretty typical in this industry in which I find myself. And I'm trying to bust out doing things very lucrative and famously, uh, you know, quick to reach your dreams like podcasting. So Dogecoin to the moon should be there. Yeah. Dogecoin and podcasting. So what could go wrong? I'm guaranteed <laughs> actualization history, history has shown that those are two very safe markets to be a part of. No one's thought of them. So that's the thing. You got to yeah. find, you got to be there first. That's what I learned in the school of business from which I graduated. Be Your there laser first. disc is the next thing, bro. I'm on top of it already, bro. So I got podcasting, right? And then I'm going to start streaming video games soon. So yeah. And after that, you're going to start selling your Beanie Baby collection. It's going be, to all work out for you in the end. Don't worry about me, folks at home. So if you never listened to the show before, Streaming Things is a wonder to behold. You're welcome. We are in your ear holes. You're ne'er to be the same again. It's such a wonder that we've somehow wondered to screw up this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So if you're new, welcome. Uh, yeah, we talk about movies and TV, which is something else that nobody does. So not only are, are we in the niche of podcasts, Podcasting, but we found a niche within a niche, or if you say it wrong, it's niche. And uh, yeah, we're talking a niche about niche within a niche. Yeah, that's true. Ooh. You could say it that way: kill two birds, one stone. But we don't kill birds here on this podcast. It's about a Nietzsche. Yeah, that's different mm. and inappropriate. Sorry, like <laughs> Sorry. I'll see myself out. Yeah, thank you, Ubermensch. Uh, so yeah, so we screwed up a little bit, and uh, we thought tonight we were going to talk about Godzilla versus Kong. And we were wrong. It was more like Godzilla versus wrong, which only works because it rhymed with Kong. <laughs> so turns out that the Godzilla versus Kong release was only today in China. So they done did it. China did it. They won the tariff war. They won the trade war. They got Godzilla versus Kong before. <laughs> so what we did. We hopped on the old VPN and we watched it. So we're going to review it anyway, because that's how dedicated we are. No, I'm just kidding. We didn't do that. So yeah, we don't have any guys about it. If you want, we don't have any GVK, which is what I've been calling it. And it's going to catch on. I was really, really excited to see GVK as you announced it. Godzilla versus Kong, because mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of courtroom drama and mm -hmm. I love, I'm just Godzilla versus Kong. Sounds like the kind of courtroom drama I'm really it's, into. It's going to be a phenomenal procedural. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen actually plays Godzilla and, uh, objection. Yeah, <laughs> it's the sequel to Kramer vs. Kramer that we've all been waiting for for 40 years now. Absolutely. <laughs> it, is, it is indeed. Uh, so we'll be reviewing uh, GVK as far as we know next week instead of this week. So if you came here for that, for whatever reason, sorry, but we've got a treat in store for you. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. It's a surprise. But I will say this. If you liked Steve May's trivia episode. You'll like this episode. And I'm sure you have no idea what it is now. <laughs> right? Keeping Super surprised. You know, I, I let him on a very short Super leash. secret. Odds are, if you saw the title of the episode, it might give it away, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have no idea what you're going to title him, Steve. That's it could have been, you, you could have been super coy about it. Mystery and said, surprise. That is, that is true. I never ask you guys, like, I'm naming never. it this, okay? Never. You could have <laughs> named it. it Godzilla versus Kong question <laughs> mark. That's that true. would have been a good one. 
<laughs> if, if you did want to listen to some kaiju-related talking points, I'm sure, Chris, you might have a couple from this week. In oh, unfortunately, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, next week, Godzilla versus Kong is when we will do that review. So sorry. So sorry. So sorry. But never fear. Andy, Steve, and Chris are here. So that's really what you've come here for. Uh, a little bit of business at the top of the show before I forget. Um, we need your emails more than ever. I know we harp on this a lot just because we're very lonely people and we like gratification from our listeners, but mm. it's actually for to a purpose this time. As you know, uh, we have a mailbag episode coming up in the coming weeks. And so we desperately need as much feedback from our listeners as possible so we can make that that episode rife with content, as it were. So send us your questions. It really doesn't matter what your question is. Yeah. No, there is no stupid question, as my third grade teacher used to say. Just stupid people. That's true. And, and you can't help that. <laughs> no, real tentatively, the mailbag episode is scheduled for... The, Very tentatively. The, the week following Godzilla vs. Kong. So not next week, but the week after. Correct. Tentatively, subject to change. But uh, yeah, we've already gotten some good submissions for people, but I implore you, if you haven't sent in questions, please do. Get weird with it, guys. We've gotten a lot of like, what's your favorite TV show? Which is awesome. We'll probably answer that. But I, I would love to see some real... Ask off- Steve his favorite sex position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to answer that. It's Alaskan Pipeline. But like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, just be creative. Whatever you might want to know. Uh, email us at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. And like Steve said, we've gotten plenty of good questions, but the, you know, I don't want any chance that this uh, experiment of an episode goes awry. You know, what if we just answer them all real quick and we're nervous or what if we're stumped and then we run out of questions? Yeah. You don't want us spitballing. You've seen that happen before. We don't want any cream in it going on. And worst case scenario, we get a listener out there who's like, man, I need to, they keep reminding themselves. I got to send in questions. I got to send in questions. They keep pushing it back. They keep pushing it back. And then the episode drops and they're like, oh, I missed my chance and I'm driving while listening and I just crashed and died. I don't want that to happen. That's, that's we don't want blood on our hands. No, we're really trying to save guy, so. you all of that pain. Uh, so email streamingthingspod at gmail.com. I used to have a boss and he would say, if it can be done in under two minutes, do the task immediately. Why put it off? Right. And so, you know, it was relevant at the time because I managed a bar and I was like, yeah, that's a good point. Bill, his name was Bill. Shout out to Bill. So listener, if you're sitting there like, I got some good questions. I'm just not an emailer. I get it. I see what you're saying, but it can be done in under two minutes. Just do it right now. Press pause. Better yet, pop your AirPods in. Keep listening while you're, nah, it's not a good idea because then you start writing what you're hearing. Um, just pause it, you know, take a minute, take a minute, meditate, send that email, streamingthingspod at gmail.com. Do it now. And I left one of my pregnant pauses there just for effect. I'm really good at that. It's a really, it's a huge thing in public speaking, Andy, not just talking well, but knowing when to hold a pause, knowing when to hold a pause. That's what I'm saying. And you get what I'm saying. I just watched the student become the man. (laughs) That was great. So first segment on tonight's episode, as always crossing streams, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's us talking about things we've been streaming since the last time we met. Andy, what have you been streaming? So I've been streaming a couple of things. First off, my blood pressure was too low for a little while. You know, I was starting to feel a little unwell. And I had to think to myself, Andy, how can you raise your blood pressure? Mm-hmm. So I started watching a show on Salt. HBO Max called <laughs> Q Into the Storm. It is a documentary oh, series on HBO Max about 
the QAnon conspiracy. Oh, no. And it is as infuriating as you can imagine it is uh, just to watch the founding of this. And really, honestly, like it's a pretty interesting watch. Like it's not just like interviewing a bunch of QAnon people. And I mean, it is kind of that. There's a lot of that. Hence the blood pressure. But it's (laughs) also like delves into like the politics of what it means to run an image board. And apparently that's what they call them. Image boards, not message boards, but, uh, mm. it, it delves deep. Do they get into, really offended if you call it a message board? They're like, uh, uh excuse probably. you. <laughs> probably. But so it dives deep into like kind of the politics of the people that were, you know, handed the, uh, almighty, uh, responsibility of being the moderator for whatever, uh, subsection of a given message board that, the infamous Q decided to write upon. Um, and so it is a kind of, well, not kind of, it's an extremely infuriating watch just because, uh, first off, QAnon people are goddamn psychos. Uh, but it, it's, uh, also kind of interesting because it also like they, the, the filmmaker, um, Colin Hoback, he, uh, flies over to the Philippines and, uh, he does these interviews with, uh, the owner and moderators of 8chan, which is the current message board that, well, I shouldn't say current because Q actually has not posted anything since, uh, uh, I think the end of 2020, basically like, uh, all of his, the storm is coming, uh, you know, release the HRC and yada, yada, bravo dot niner dot whatever this is happening. Obviously, he was full of shit at this point because none of the uh, the storm ever came and uh, all of his little threads that he, uh, quote unquote, leaked never came to pass. There was apparently a thing recently where Donald Trump was supposed to, through some bizarre law from the 1800s, they're like, oh, no, he's going to take back the presidency on March 21st. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, obviously that that did not happen. But uh, so this filmmaker goes and interviews the uh, owners and moderators of these message boards and stuff. And dude, it's super funny. In the second episode, there's only two episodes out right now. It's uh, airing every Sunday on HBO. Um, they go and they interview the owner of 8chan. And it is this guy, um, Jim Watkins. And he is the goofiest motherfucker. Like, yeah, he, uh, like runs like a pig farm in the Philippines and he has like an organic produce market that he runs. And he's this goofy guy. Like he like, it will cut to him. He's like wearing a beret. He's like, it's just this little beret that I got. And you know, it's kind of nice. I wear an apron and it shows him like mixing his own smoothie. He's like, I just, I don't even know what this is. I'm just going to throw it in here. A little bit of that and a little bit of this. And he just takes a sip of it and is like, you know, it's, it's not bad. And like pass it over to a little Filipino employee of his and they like take a sip and like make eyes at the camera and set it down. <laughs> and he's just this weird, goofy motherfucker. And the, so the, uh, the documentary guy is trying to figure out like who is Q, like that's the ultimate mission of this documentary. And, uh, the guy's like, I, I, I'm really sorry. I don't, I, I wish I could tell you more about this Q stuff. Is is he bad? Is he saying bad things? <laughs> uh, it's like, uh, yeah, he's saying some pretty crazy stuff. I, I don't, I don't know much about that. I'm, I'm, I'm real sorry. And basically it's like this, he, he's like semi passionate about free speech, but honestly just, he just sound, it's like, he's just a rich dude. That's just like a, a pet fun thing for him. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like his yacht. Um, 
It's yeah, isn't not. it heavily implied that that guy? So Q has been at least three people at this point, and he's one of the people that people speculate was definitely Q for a time. Oh, I don't. I haven't heard about that. They they say that Q has been multiple people. Like the throne has been passed along. Well, it's or the torch. not officially, but people who get really into trying to figure out who it is. It's the general consensus is. I forget who it started off as. They may not figure out who it was originally, but it became so popular on that guy's board mm. that he essentially bought and kind of. I forget how it happened. It's. I think he like bought. He moved Q onto the the board that he runs, and mm. now he controls it, and he has like access to his account, whereas no one else does. And that's how he was able to tell, like, no guys, this is the real Q because he gave me his codes, and I verified his account. Yeah, they have like trip codes or something wherein they can see like a scrambled version of their IP address. Yeah, and uh, they, it talked about like the moderator for the four chan uh, board that Q was talking on at some point, and. Uh, that guy, like at some point, made the determination that this is no longer Q. And then um, Code Monkey, the guy, the the ultra mod or whatever for whatever image board, and said, "No, yeah, this is definitely Q." And then Q switched uh, the sub board or whatever, and then then that like dives into the politics of it, where this guy's like, "Oh my God, you have to make me an admin of this right now," and yada yada, like feeling like he was missing out on something i don't know it's fucking crazy like q's full of shit whoever that guy yeah. was and you know like good for him for having a laugh only at, at some point you know you need to take a step back and be like hey guys i was just kidding for real though chill out yeah if you want to like a quick deep dive into it a really good deep dive uh the podcast reply all mm. did a q episode and it was really really good it's called um mm. country of liars um and that that's where i found that's where i what I just said about oh, that guy, God. him and his son, I guess at least at one point or people believe that they were controlling that account, that account at some Q. point. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, but I think it's past several hands at this point, but yeah, cause it's, it's a lot of money. It's like a, it's like a, you make a ton of money off QAnon shit now. Like it's yeah. a, it's a business now. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. But, I thought I was going to sneeze to oh, be honest okay. just for <laughs> listeners that are wondering. Yeah. I, I was very alarmed. I've never done that on hints of pregnant pause on air. And I didn't know what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> We'd all die. Yeah, I think so. There's a possibility. I, we've never, we can't say for sure that we wouldn't have died. Is that's where I'm getting at. I think if you would have sneezed and all of the Hollywood elites that have <laughs> cults that are murdering babies and drinking their blood. Part of me was just been exposed completely lost. And then a small section of me was very uh, disturbed about the potential sneeze and then uh the rest of me was wondering if our listeners know what the fuck QAnon is oh yeah, okay so QAnon, um the the whole conspiracy Probably, is but. that there's this uh person codenamed q q being a reference to a top level security clearance in um some sort of military branch or something that this is a dude who is who was at the time very close in the very close to president trump either in his cabinet or working closely with him uh that he was leaking uh all of these uh little tidbits that were essentially alluding to um a part of a broader scheme that president trump was a part of wherein he was going to expose uh the democratic party and many hollywood elites as being um satanists who murder and rape children and so like if you see on um social media where people will post like hashtag save the children and stuff that is a moniker that has been adopted by QAnon to um uh, and stealing it away from legitimate, um, you know, uh, 
child trafficking, which is a real thing, uh, child trafficking and anti-child trafficking organizations that exist. They stole that moniker and uh, turned it into their own uh, for their nefarious purposes to essentially uh, try to undermine the Democratic Party um, and those in Hollywood who have influence and who generally lean, lean more towards the left. So when you see that on social media, hashtag save the children, those are people that are potentially yeah. mostly uh, pushing QAnon conspiracy theories. Um, they could also just be swept up in the zeitgeist of, you know, right. Sure. And they, they may very not even know that that's yeah. what they're peddling, you know, but um, yeah, I think I think more often than not, if like your aunt's <laughs> posting that shit on Facebook, she has no idea what QAnon is. You know what I mean? Sure. She's just kind of like being swept up. Oh, my aunt movement. is literally posting about QAnon. So I, she, she knows what's going <laughs> she on. She is. I, right now, I'm looking at her Facebook page. Whoa. She's like, new as Q drop, guys. And he's part of the cabal. <laughs> I think it's funny how much that shit has developed. And uh, I don't know how much time, you know, we want to talk about this other than the show Andy watched. But it is interesting <laughs> living in America and watching over the last year. For me, I don't know how long it's been around. Uh, like I have some pretty right-leaning uh, fellow employees at my job, which is part of my loathing for that area. Not that I, you know, hate everybody who doesn't believe what I believe, but it's you know what I mean. If you live in America, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> and so one is actually one of them is a pretty good friend of mine. We we have some common interests, and he came up to me one day, and he sees me as a liberal with a mind. Like he says that a lot. Like you, you're a leftist, but you're able to talk about issues at least to have enough to have a conversation is who I am in his mind. Right. So, which is funny. Um, so he came you're up to not me completely idiotic, right? Just, just I mostly. can at least talk to you. Uh, so he comes up to me one day and he said, dude, you got to check this shit out. It's crazy. I know, you know, you try to stay away from this stuff, but you got to see your, what your boys have been up to. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, there's this uh, website QAnon. And uh, there's some really interesting things on there. I think you would love like some smart people stuff on there. Oh, and I'm no. like, and I didn't know what it was. So I'm like, really? Okay, sure. And then deleted it from my brain, kept watching YouTube, you know, people streaming Apex Legends or whatever I was doing. The important stuff. Come to find out like a month, month and a half later, I, I, it started coming up a lot, you know, QAnon and what it was. And I kind of researched it and read some of the things people were saying, not on the board itself, just, you know, secondhand. I've never been there. And I go back to work and I'm like, dude, come here. And he's like, Hey, what's up, man? And I'm like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you try to tell me like this shit was brilliant. Go to this QAnon website. It turns out it's just a bunch of tinfoil psychos talking about weird shit. And he's like, well, I mean, some of that's on there. And I'm like, no, I mean, what the hell? So anyway, that was just kind of funny because literally all he lost is. a lot of credibility because I was like, oh, interesting. Because I am always willing to read something, sure, yeah. even if it's in opposition to what I believe. And sometimes especially so. But come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the fact that like he's never been right. Like, isn't that a thing? Like, he's never right. It, uh, if he's right, it's about small. See, stuff, that's like, another thing, too. I never knew it was like a person. Like he, like he, the, quote the, unquote, some like people. Hillary Clinton's been supposed to be arrested for two years. Oh yeah. Like they, any they, minute they now say that she's her. detained or whatever. <laughs> and she's about to cross the border and they're going to arrest her. And yeah, I always thought it yeah. was like a, a parlor, like a 4chan parlor or something, you know, like a QAnon was like a place where people, yeah. idiots yeah, would it's, gather. It's in theory, one person. Yeah. Huh. That's did, what, did yeah, that's, that. what, that's what they believe is it's one guy with high level clearance. Who's leaking all this high level secret you know, conspiracy shit. And we'd laugh now, but in 12 years, this could totally be, um, you know, the 
bloody handprint on the wall, like no, symbol I, cult that blows up places. Oh, like, there are literally senators like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who was recently elected into the Senate. She is a QAnon supporter. She like she believes this shit. Um, yeah, like they made it. A hundred percent. And like all the people that got arrested, the majority of the people that got arrested when they stormed the Capitol recently, those terrorists, they uh, were primarily QAnon supporters. Like the the dude that was wearing the big headdress and the face paint and mm-hmm. stuff. The they, QAnon shaman? He called himself the QAnon shaman. And he has since, like, after being arrested and, like, uh, dealing with repercussions of his actions, was like, yeah, I don't know why I believe that, but I did. Um, they're just goddamn it's- idiots. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's sad. I, I mean, it's it's just people getting swept up and just insanity, just sure. for insanity's sake. And to bring it back around to TV and film, uh-huh. I believe you're correct, Chris, that in like 10, 20 years, it's going to be our generation's who shot JFK conspiracy theory level shit where there's always going to be like, there's going to be whatever comic book creator makes a Watchmen like comic book in 20 years is going to have like some, the comedian character is going to be like, have a giant Q on his chest. And he's like, oh, I almost got Hillary. I almost <laughs> got her. She got away. I, I look stupid in front of 4chan now. <laughs> the next All my 4chanies are going to yell at me. All my channies. <laughs> Well, have you, I, were you streaming anything Yeah, else? I, I, so I'm sorry that we went so long on that. Just, obviously, oh, we're bringing up QAnon for the first time on this podcast was inevitably going to uh, run a little lyrical. But, I, think, uh, I think you are in a rabbit hole, uh, Andy, because <laughs> last week you brought up the South Park QAnon special. Oh, yeah, that's a fair point. That might be why it was, <laughs> the was algorithm so deep. You got the, Q, al- the algorithm got me. Q's living in your head rent free, Andy. <laughs> Next week's episode, he's be like, guys. <laughs> so i know i saw this shit but you need to hear this about hillary okay uh, so the other thing i watched uh i was trying to do uh, a little bit of oscars catch-up so i tried to watch uh judas and the black messiah so i popped back onto hbo max and uh, it's not on there so i learned listener uh buyer beware uh the wb uh deal that they have going on it only goes for a month uh after or at the time any given release happens you have one month on HBO Max to watch it for this year, and then it will go away. Uh, so when I tried to watch Juice and Black Messiah, I could not. And it is currently not streamable anywhere. This occurred literally like the day after it was, or day before it was nominated for all of these Oscars, or all the Oscar Oscars. You think they put it back up? Happen? Because of that, you think they would put it back up on the Max because of that? Because the interest just cost now. them many millions of dollars to do that, right? That's, that's true. But so I was like, okay, I can't watch that. I jumped back over to Netflix and I watched Mank, uh, the David Fincher movie uh, written by his late father, um, who wrote it back in like the early 2000s, the early aughts. Oh. Um, and he had intended to film it way back when, uh, and it just never came to fruition. Uh, I think like... Kevin Spacey and Jodie Whittaker were attached to play the leads at the time, and it never happened. And finally, um, years later... Is Spacey still in it? (laughs) Thankfully not. (laughs) Um, It came back back around. They finally did make it, and uh, so we have Mank. So Mank is the story of Herman Mankiewicz, who was a co-writer on uh, Citizen Kane, the uh, infamous movie from the 1940s. Directed by Orson Welles. The greatest American film of all time, Andy. So many people say, and if you've seen that, you know that it is a not good movie, but it is not (laughs) that. It did a lot of uh, groundbreaking things, but the reality is that you do not need to have even seen Citizen Kane to uh, enjoy Mank. Mank is about the writing of Mank, and it's more about the life story of Herman Mankiewicz, the guy that wrote it. Uh, Apparently, Orson Welles did not have much to do with it, if this movie is to be believed. Obviously, I don't know 
the, the f- real facts of it. But uh, it dives deep kind of into like the politics of old Hollywood and uh, the uh, inspiration for these characters. Like uh, the um, the main character of Citizen Kane uh, was based on uh, William Randolph Hearst, who mm-hmm. was kind of like the uh, Mark Zuckerberg of his time. He was like this. Uh, yeah, he owned the paper. Uh, yeah, he owned many, many, many papers. Yeah. And uh, he was like in there if you were to calculate their money for today he was worth like 40 billion dollars or something mm-hmm. like he and he has like hearst castle which was is like a monument now like a national treasure or whatever um and so like all of uh herman mankiewicz and the, like these are people like so social circles that he ran in he based this story off of these people and uh it was kind of like him dealing with uh not just them, but also like his own uh, personal issues and gripes against them. And uh, also dealing with like the politics of the time. Like there was a big election coming up with uh, between Upton Sinclair and uh, I think his name was Frank Miriam or something. And uh, like all of the uh, potential repercussions that would occur uh, in his life and how it impacted those around him because they, 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 those are the social circles that he ran in, but also it deals with like the beginning of like kind of propaganda media in film, uh, wherein like they hire actors to pretend to be supporters or, uh, detractors of a given political opponent and the potential repercussions of that. It's actually fucking fascinating. Now there is like this whole, uh, ho- old Hollywood like glamour uh, to the film and like all of these throwbacks to uh, actors and directors and writers and stuff who honestly most of it went over my head but it was still like it's very cool because the film is shot in that style mm-hmm. of the films from the era and uh, if, you, if you're a fan of just like meta self-referential Hollywood schlock and I shouldn't call it schlock, but most of it is. But in this case, it's well done. Uh, then I super recommend it just like to, you know, kind of settle into the the old Hollywood vibe and like kind of the glamour and the, you know, grime of it. And it's it's an enjoyable movie for sure. Yeah, of all the Oscar nominees, I, to be honest, I hadn't seen, I haven't seen hardly any of the Oscar nominees this year. Barely heard of any of them before the nomination list came out, but and Mank was one of them. I hadn't heard of it before, but looking at the synopsis of it, that was the one that stood out to me. Like, oh man, I can, I, w- I would like to see that. Yeah, I love. I, that dude, Gary cool. Oldman gets nominated like every other year. That dude is a goddamn treasure. Yeah, we have to protect Gary Oldman at all costs. Mm-hmm. Chris, mm-hmm. we have to protect him. He's actually a member of my cult, so I'm very very fond of that man. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's the name mm-hmm. of your cult? See, I can't say. Oh, yeah. Press radio and film. But. I believe it's cannons. <laughs> <laughs> but if you've heard this show before, you you probably know it's a twelve step program. It's not a big deal. All right, is that all you've been streaming, Andy? That is all. I've been so streaming. that's available on Netflix, yes. and uh, and I didn't mean to imply that you hadn't been streaming enough. Because cue into the storm. Wait till you get to mine. <laughs> um, anyway, Steve, what have you been doing? Oh my gosh! So this week was a real kicking the dick mm-hmm. uh, i wasn't really able to do much of anything other than work um we're struggling to put a tv program together and uh so i didn't get to stream a lot the one thing i did to get to stream was on youtube however it has get the fuck off the show it has an origin story so this is an old thing it's a very niche 
show. Some of you may have heard it and will be glad to hear me talk about it. Some of you may not have ever heard of it before. You can download this podcast because it originated as such. And that is a podcast called Spontaneation. Spontaneation. Spontaneation, hosted by Paul F. Tompkins. I don't know if you guys are aware of Paul F. Tompkins. He's a amazing comedian. I love him to death. Uh, but he's also a really good. Um, uh, uh, shoot, I'm blanking. Uh, where you? Shoot, Order? improv. He's Order an improvisational improv? oh, okay. actor. Sorry. Uh, so what Spontaneation is? That's is hilarious he, that you couldn't think of the word improv. I know. That, that's why it's I could the, never do the irony. Improv, <laughs> very good spontaneator. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, the, the, so the, the, the format of the show is Paul F. Tompkins sits down with a, with a guest. He has a quick back and forth, like interviews them, you know, normal. Like you do. Sure. Like you do. And then after the interview is done with that person, he goes and sits with three other improv actors and using elements from the interview that they just conducted, they create a half hour long improvisational show on the fly. And it's really, really funny. They've got some really amazing, talented people on there. And I just happened to be on YouTube and went down a rabbit hole of because I, I wanted to listen to Paul F. Tompkins stand up because I wasn't super familiar with the stand up work. But I ended falling on, I believe it was 2015 from the podcast festival uh, where they did the live show of Spontaneous Nation. It was Paul F. Tompkins, Matt Gorley, uh, Craig Kakowski, and Janet Varney. Um, Janet Varney, if you didn't know, is the voice of Cora from Legend of Cora. If you are a fan oh, cool. of Legend of Cora, a uh, little Janet Varney is what they call her on the show. Um, and it was just, uh, and oh, and Tim Daly was the the guest that they interviewed, or Andy Daly, not Tim Daly. Andy Daly was the the guest, and it was just a really fun kind of throwback to 2015 because the podcast itself only aired for three years. It's it's they're not making new episodes of it anymore, but there's 200 I think episodes of it that you can still download and listen to. They're really really funny. It's always a joy and uh, it's just amazing to see what improvisational actors can do just on the fly and like the stories that they're able to weave and jokes they're able to come up with uh, like that. It's always something I've admired and wanted to do uh, myself. I've never been, I've always wanted to go to like take an improv class and stuff. Um, and Paul F. Tompkins is a genius. So yeah, go check out Spontaneous Nation and maybe even go on YouTube and uh, check out their live show. It's like an hour and a half long. And the cool thing about the, the live show that's different from the the podcast is the podcast obviously has ad breaks because they're much more successful than we are and they had advertisers um but in the live show you get to actually see what they're doing like so they're like all right we'll be back after these messages and then paul f tompkins kind of looks at the crowd like anyone know what time it is how much time we have and then like someone just starts yelling at time like that's not the time you can't just yell random times out yeah. i trusted all of you and then he falls off the stage at one point on accident hmm. uh so yeah it's a it's a it's a hoot it does sound like a hoot. That's a perfect word for it. Dude, improv done well is amazing. And I, for what it's worth, I think you'd be amazing at improvisational improvisation. Oh, well, thank you. Oh my God. Comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unplanned comedy. Chris, well, we've had a hard time on this show today with the word improvisation. I think it was a, it's been a long week for all of us. We're all tired. Just yeah. to be, you know, it's late on a Friday night on a Friday. Okay. Okay. Is that your friend in the chipper? Uh, so my, my streaming uh, oeuvre is uh, pretty sad. So here's what happened. Friends, children, uh, listeners, fans, uh, loved ones, whatever I call you from time to time, it, it changes. I just kind of improvise 
when I call you. <laughs> uh, so we thought we were going to do Godzilla versus Kong, as you know, as you thought as well. You clicked on this thinking that is what you might get, and you were disappointed. I understand. So what I did, I found out, you know, rerun the tape a month or two. As much as I like movies, I try to stay up on everything, but certain things I really don't care about as much as others. And I thought Godzilla versus Kong. That's going to be about Godzilla fighting Kong. That's cool. And I thought somewhere in the back of my tiny brain, I thought to myself, boy, there sure have been a lot of Godzilla and King Kong movies recently. Delete that information. Who cares? Because Hollywood tends to do that if it makes some money. These films typically have like a budget of 260 million or so, and they end up bringing in 430 million on the global market. They'll just keep making them. I totally get it. That wasn't that weird to me. Come to find out they're all related in a sequelized manner. Come to find out there's a universe called the Monsterverse in which these films and characters reside. And so I hadn't seen most of them. I've only seen Kong Skull Island prior to last week. And I was like, oh no. So not only do I have to watch Godzilla versus Kong for the upcoming episode, but to do my fans, the legion of heroes that follow me, uh, I have to watch Godzilla from 2014. I've got to rewatch Kong skull Island. And then I've got to watch Godzilla King of monsters to have the full breadth of knowledge, you know, to get the kind of professionalism our listeners really expect from us. I would imagine. Right. So they better know how to say Rodan or I'm quitting this podcast <laughs> right now. So it made me very sad to know not only did we embarrass ourselves and announce an episode we can't do, but I spent the entire week watching these fucking movies that I actually hate. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I've been doing. So spoiler alert, I didn't like them. So I saw Godzilla from 2014, and this is the one that stars Aaron Taylor Don- Johnson and uh, Ken Watanabe and Sally Hawkins and Brian Elizabeth Cranston. Olsen and Elizabeth Olsen and Brian Cranston. Right. And so also put a flag there. It's worth mentioning. Now, all of these films have a phenomenal cast of wonderful actors, performers that I absolutely adore. So they should be amazing. And the 2014 Godzilla is actually the only one that, that I can find that's well-reviewed. Like a lot of people that I respect thought it was a wonderful, you know, slow burn kaiju film, uh, with an intentional lack of character development and blah, 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 blah. I just completely disagree. I think it's it's the only time I've ever disliked a performance from Brian Cranston. Um, Elizabeth Olsen is carrying the entire weight of this movie on her back. Uh, I mean, she, she's in it for like five minutes. She is the Godzilla, but she's the only believable performance with any emotional resonance. Like Aaron Taylor Johnson is just like, yeah, hey, miss my kid, a scary monster. That movie... You know, you uh, you said you don't like Brian Cranston in that movie, but I feel like the moment he dies is the moment my interest in that movie dies. Is because I, I like the idea of like him kind of like, oh, my wife's dead and something's wrong. Yeah, I mean the mad scientist Brian Cranston, which we've seen that before, right? Yeah. <laughs> and something I can't remember. Um, but I just feel like he was Fixing kind it. of like his Brian Cranston's phoning it in is still better than most actors can achieve, but I can still recognize Brian Cranston phoning it in. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like it's a Kaiju movie where they spent, you know, again, $250 million and in that film. I'm like, okay, fuck it. The, the performances aren't great. Like, I don't understand. There's no emotional resonance between these characters. I couldn't care less about 
what's going to happen to these humans, unfortunately. But at least I'll get to see giant monsters fighting, like, you know, doing cool monster shit. (laughs) And yet they do it like this, you know, old school horror film where every time you're about to see Godzilla do something or whatever the fuck the bug thing is, do something. The Mutos? The Mutos. Well, yeah, Mutos. That's a massive unidentified terrestrial organism. Um, I'm, wow. I'm really impressed that you knew that. Yeah. I've been to, I've watched a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever you're about to see that, it cuts away. Yeah. And you know what I'm talking about? Where it kind oh, of yeah. leads up and you're like, ah, and then smash cut to, you know, whatever. And, I'm and like, then Elizabeth Olsen's son's watching the fight on the news. Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck? Exactly. And there's one thing, the thread that all of these movies have in common is that there is this inane, like, ignorance of is that a word can you use ignorance but as ignoring like people are ignoring the fact that the level of damage this would actually do is it just ignorance (laughs) 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 yeah i'm so flabbergasted so for instance in uh got king of godzilla king of monsters the third installment uh that came out what 2018 the most recent one yeah. yeah pretty recent in that film there's literally like 15 or 17 kaiju, right? There's like a, a shit ton of gigantic monsters and they are destroying every major city on the planet. San Francisco, Las Vegas is already dead from 2014. San Francisco is already dead. Now they're stomping Orlando and Chicago and, you know, all these cities from all over the world. Beijing. Pewaukee, Com- Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Complete, utter, yeah, you can't see listeners, but I'm fuck around slamming Kansas, my hands you know? around and uh, you can see the destruction the kaiju might make. But you also have like, they will cut to a newsreel of like an actual anchor on TV, like clear as day, just happy as can be doing her thing on channel five. That's not how the fuck that would be. Are you kidding me? This is the end of the human race. And they're not going to be like this. Oh, live. This just in another monster has killed 47 million people. And then Tom with the weather, like it's who wrote this shit. That's not how it would be. (laughs) I would actually be very fascinated in seeing a movie with all these monsters, sure, it's just a monster movie. I get it. it's a kaiju film where it's just apocalyptic destruction and how people would interact. And so there'd be looting and craziness. Yeah, and I think Andy just became king of the monsters. I think Andy's been watching way too much QAnon. I'm just saying, like, if you're talking like actual apocalypse shit, when people start to act out, when they think the world is ending, that's the type of shit that people do. I can't breathe. Oh, no. But yeah, I mean, sure, that's looting and other things would be transpiring. I'd be interested, not in Andy's version of that movie, but I'd be interested in a realistic depiction of how the humans would interact. He's looking more Mad Max post-apocalypse, not the road apocalypse. (laughs) Yes, yes. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it's certain. I think it's agreed upon in social circles. We can't say that. That's all. But anyway, I, I, so I, I hated Godzilla King of Monsters <laughs> as well. I, so I, I actually, I don't like either of any of those movies either. I'm not a fan. However, I, I, out of all of them, I appreciate the 2014 version the most simply because, and that's the consensus. I just, I didn't feel any different. I mean, King of Monsters is by definitely the worst. You're right. Yeah. Like that to, to do what they did to Vera Farmiga, 
uh, yep. one of my favorite actors of all time and just make, I mean, there's no believable character motivation. She decides, and I'm spoiling all these in case you haven't, I don't even give a fuck. You don't need to watch them. So no, it doesn't matter. No button, no need. It's just spoiling them. They don't need to watch this shit. So <laughs> like Vera Farmiga is decides she with Tywin Lannister has come up with this plot to destroy the human race. That's in the trailer anyway. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and for what? Because her son died to Godzilla and she it's like this bogus, like we love the earth, give it back to the animals subtext to it. And which is not believable at all. And so then her character has decided to kill 5 billion of the 6 billion inhabitants of earth for the good of the planet. And then there's like this weird character arc at the end where the movie tries to redeem her. Yeah. And it's like, it, no, she killed. And, and so it makes it miserable to watch the, the monsters are stomping through and you're like, there's 6,000 people. There's 400 people. There's 9,000 people. And it's nobody's acknowledging that it's just kind of gross to watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's kind of like Batman V Superman to the 10th, tenfold you know what i mean it's just man of steel well man of steel's a pretty good movie but i mean batman v superman they try to like reckon with that but oh okay i you know what i mean i thought you meant the wonton loss of life (laughs) wonton (laughs) you meant wonton right sure (laughs) we are idiots the rangoon loss of life (laughs) he just said a chinese dish and i said ignorance so i can't make fun of him and andy said and i don't know why still Oh, no. But I was saying the 2014 Godzilla, I think, is the the best of the three simply because that movie does something with scale in terms of I feel like the way it shoots the kaiju makes it really like, whoa, those things are enormous. They're scary. Whereas King of the Monsters, everything's a wide shot. So all the cameras are like presumably 30 miles away so you can see everything in full frame. But yes. Like, so and, and like it just feels like I don't know. That just seems like a video game to me. And I'll, I will say that the design of the monsters is for the most part pretty wonderful. Oh, yeah. Um, they're very cool. And King of Monsters goes there. Like you do get to see Mothra and, you know, and you get to see, uh, you know, Godzilla fighting the Hydra. And it's it's awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. Things. I, I had those toys when I was a small child. So that was neat. But they could have done so much more with the quality of performers that they had on these projects. I can't, I yeah. just can't believe it. All and the movies have like really over bloated cast. There's like 20 fucking. Ken Watanabe? Are you kidding me? You know what I mean? He's so good. Isn't it Watanabe? Maybe. Is that how that's pronounced? I had, I You're going to talk to me, Steve, about how things are pronounced right now? I clearly, I have an affinity <laughs> towards wonton things. <laughs> but. This is so bad. This is either the best thing we've ever done or we're done. Yeah. And I disagree with you. I actually think Kong Skull Island is the best. And it's not objectively like in any kind of filmmaking standard. But at least that movie's really fun to watch. It was like I almost I didn't want to finish Godzilla or King of Monsters at all. I didn't even and I rarely experienced that. I didn't want to even finish it. It's only for this show that I could. Kong Skull Island was my second viewing, and I still had a great time. Oh, you I think that's fair. That too? Yeah. yeah, because I think that movie knows what it is. It's bombastic and ridiculous mm-hmm. in a fun way. I mean, you got Sam Jackson. When you hire that man, you know what you're going to get. And it's for a very distinct reason. Yeah, he's you, the coolest part of that uh, movie. Uh, Brie Larson's awesome in it. Um, I don't know. I just think it's a whole barrel of fun. Yeah, I think that's a fair argument. Uh, Kong Skull Island isn't a bad movie. 
I don't think that's fair. Tom Hiddleston. I honestly forget he's in that movie. He's really good. It's <laughs> awesome. Too. The only thing I don't like about his character is he's hired as this expert tracker survivalist. And at no point does he really do anything that's helpful in any way, nor could you imagine any way in which he could be helpful. It's this island no man on earth who's ever lived has ever been to. So Except we need John an Riley. expert. To, oh, yeah, sure. True. Uh, and his buddy. Right. But it's like, what? And John C. Riley is so awesome in it. And you know, my C. wife Riley. and I watched it. She had a good time. I John love C. Riley him in that movie, but he is like. I th- I'm pretty sure they told him he was in a completely different film. <laughs> I love how bad shit crazy that he is. That movie is like pretty bombastic, but it's also a very serious movie. Like it's pretty like, you know, shit's real. Things are going to be, Kinda. people are getting torn up. And then you get to John C. Rose, like, you hear that? It sounds like birds, but they're spiders. <laughs> I loved it. I, I just, I don't think any of the deaths were meant to like make you sad, even though tons of people die. Um, it's, it's, and then John C. Riley, my favorite part, for John C. Riley is when they all decide to push forward into the, the creature's territory where he tells them not to go. And they're like, Oh, we're going to go there. And he's like, definitely don't go West, maybe Southwest, definitely not West. And he's like, no, we're going to go there. And he goes, okay. And then he turns to the other guys and he's like, you guys are a nice bunch of boys. I'm glad you are all going to die here, but that's not that bad. It's good to <laughs> die with you boys. And they're all like, what? <laughs> and just in his cadence, it's hilarious. Um, anyway, so I hope, it doesn't bode well for Godzilla versus Kong, but I think Kong being in the movie will make it better because mm-hmm. honestly, I, I don't give a fuck about Godzilla. Like the whole idea of him being this ancient sacred creature, uh, it, I just don't buy it. And for me, I think it's because he's a reptile and like we're not biologically designed to identify in any way with a reptile. That's mm-hmm. why typically you don't get reptilian pets. I know some people get snakes and lizards, but it's pretty rare, right? Whereas Kong is a primate. And so he's got Monkey. way more people have monkey pets. That's well, sure. humanish features. You <laughs> sure. know what I mean? You can identify, you joking, can see emotions you know I mean. in his face at least and stuff. So I can, mammals. I, I'm rooting for him is what I'm saying. I hope he kicks the shit out of Godzilla. Dude, I'll, he I'll, will. I'll be a man and admit it. When, when King Kong dies and Peter Jackson's King Kong, I cry. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I cry. That's I cry. A, that's a sad ass scene. And I wonder. I'm I'm a little fearful of how they're going to create the situation in which Kong and Godzilla are going to fight. I'm really curious about screenwriting the wise of the movie too. Well, like, it's Adam Wingard, so I know the fights are going to be awesome. I don't understand that choice at all. Really? Yeah. Like, what the Where, fuck what has he done? done? Like, Death Proof. He did like the bookend of VHS, uh, the fucking horror movie. He said something funny on Twitter uh, recently. Uh-huh. That this is his at a audition for a superhero movie or something like that. He did like, like he blatantly um, said that, which I thought was funny. I think Kobe. he did your next. Uh, huh. like, that's a really creative horror movie, though. Sure. But yeah. like compare that to you know, th- this is like I've enormous. Heard, I think the last thing he did was uh, Death Note. I've seen a couple Death before Death Note. I've seen a couple reviews for the movie and they pretty much are all along the same vein. It's been getting fairly good reviews. Yeah. And they're all on the same vein. Monsters like, are as awesome. long as you can get past the hackneyed premise of them fighting, as long as you can get past that, you're good. Like you'll enjoy right. it. And I assume hopefully it's just of on Skull Island's level. Just, just know what you are. You know what I mean? Um, stop taking these A-list actors and giving them terrible lines and character motivations. And there's so many goddamn characters in these movies, man. Like every Chris single off. one of them is like at least 25 name characters. All of them cast by actors, you know, and love. Yes. And, <laughs> and watching them 
do sad, sad things. Some of them die. <laughs> some of them make stupid lines like Brad, Bradley Whitford and King of Monsters. Like, uh, like when someone's like, oh my God. And then he they cut to Bradley drove Whitford. Me and he's insane. like, Zilla. Like I fucking hate that. <laughs> His character was so bad. All of his lines were so bad. And yeah. that's an amazing character actor. Why would, yeah. what the fuck's going on right now? He was such a dork. And, <laughs> and it was like a B movie. And then like, well, you one liner Vera Farmiga is infuriating. And then she's like, why does my daughter hate me now? Like, and Millie, and it's Millie Bobby Brown. You killed billions of people. Who's acting. (laughs) Am I taking crazy pills? She killed billions of people. Why does everyone think I'm the bad guy? And Millie's like teenager mad, like slamming the door because she wouldn't let her go to the movies with that friend (laughs) that her mom doesn't like, like level of anger, like meh. Mom Mommy killed, killed my of- friends. <laughs> Such a bitch. <laughs> and then they make up later. Anyway, and that's my uh, very intellectual review of all of the Godzilla and Kong movies, the movies of the monster verse. And I'm excited for Godzilla versus Kong. So if you're a huge fan of that franchise and you can see how much we love it and engage with it, you should be excited for next week's review. Right. Mm. It all makes sense. Right. Yeah. Right. Sure. Right. It'd be Godzilla versus Kong versus the cast of streaming things. <laughs> Who will win? <laughs> Kaiju. I just like saying that. Kaiju. It's a fun word. Uh, I think that brings us to, because that's literally all I fucking watched. Oh, no, there's one more thing I did watch, and I think we all watched it. The little trailer dropped today, and typically I don't watch trailers, but I have to watch them when they're cultural touchstones, damn it. I can't stay out of the conversation. I get FOMO. So we watched the Suicide uh, Squaler. I've been saying that all day. So funny story. I tried to tell my friend Dustin. I said, did you know that the Suicide Squaler dropped? And he said, what? And I said, the Suicide Squad trailer. So 10 minutes later, I walked to another friend. And I was like, I just told Dustin, you got to get in on this. Have you watched the Suicide Squaler yet? And then at that point, I said, holy fucking shit. Why can't I say Suicide Squad trailer? hilariously i did it again on air today so yes we watched the suicide squaler and i'm very excited to talk to you about it i usually don't watch squalers (laughs) but when they're suicide squalers i do uh so what did you guys think of james gunn the suicide squad which i guess is a full-on reboot right yeah, what can you call it a reboot? If kind of like a sleeper. People, I think it's a soft reboot, like or, a sleeper reboot. I mean, there doesn't seem to be any reboot. <laughs> yes, reboot. There doesn't seem to be any reference to the original at all that I could see. Other in than fact, the just returning cast members. Well, that, but I mean, it, in the universe of the film, like Viola Davis's characters in the trailer seem to be like re-explaining the plot of how the Suicide Squad exists in a way that implied it's the first time. I don't know. Yeah, I, I imagine it's going to be a like they're going to assume that you've seen it the original and you know what it is and but just move right. on and ignore that it existed right but it technically is a sequel but it's more like a soft reboot mm. Mm. i thought it looked like a barrel of fun i think james gunn was an excellent choice uh, andy pointed out james gunn and how much he, money he spends on soundtracks yeah the, my my immediate reaction was this guy and his fucking soundtracks is like uh don't want to deal with your dirty whatever work uh, work dirty work song oh yeah um, and I was like, oh, damn, like, of course he's going to do this. It's, and and like, it just it tugs at your heartstrings. And it, it, he he knows how to find a song that will like uh, elicit a response wherein you sim- simultaneously think, wow, what a weird choice. And how good does this fucking fit simultaneously? And I fucking love oh, yeah. that. And he, and he does that in spades. Um, I think it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, God damn, it is a big cast. And that's the scariest thing for me. Um, I think that 
as much as I liked uh, the first Guardians of the Galaxy, I think the second one got bogged down in too much hullabaloo. And I don't think that having um, everybody on the fucking planet uh, cast in your movie can do you any favors. It sounds like, I mean, just, I think it looks great too, but it looks like if I had to guess, a lot of those characters are only in it for like five minutes I hope. at a time. <laughs> I really hope so. I really got the impression. A lot of those that, are going to be cameos for sure. Yeah. James knows what he's doing. Glorified cameos. Like you can't tell me that Pete Davidson's going to make it more than 10 minutes in that film. That guy's got dying in the first act written all over him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, he's, got, he's been in a Judd Apatow movie. That's true. It gives you some star power. He's the king we, I mean, we just Island. can't get rid of Seth Rogen. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Nor would we want to. He's a national treasure. I'm no. going to buy his vases and ashtrays. Buy his weed. I, I wish I could. That's his new thing. Uh, I did love uh, John, John Cena, surprisingly, was the had some of the funniest bits. He looked bits. good in it, didn't he? Uh, awesome. Just the way he's like so serious about it, but he's a, he's such a goofball. Like the, the whole shtick where he's like, if, there was, if this beach was littered with a bunch of dicks and the orders were to eat all those dicks for freedom, I, I would eat every single last one. <laughs> and then they're like, why? Why would you? Why would they throw dicks all over the beach? Like, who knows why madmen do these things? <laughs> you reminded me so much of Trainwreck, where he's like, "You want me to beat your dick off? Like, you want to beat my dick off? Bro, I'll beat your dick off right now, both hands." He's got, he's got good comedy. Like, uh, what was the other movie? Blockers. Yeah, where he plays the the dad. That was that was a really funny movie. People don't talk about it a lot. So, uh, what do you guys feel about that King Shark CGI though? That was the only thing that was like, Ey. I love it. I think it's intentional. The they could definitely afford on, afford that. It's intentional. I think uh, like. Again, you have to know what kind of movie this is, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, you're taking a live action version of a man who's part shark, right? And you could try to do that gritty and realistic, and you're probably just going to end up looking like an asshole. Or you could literally just make it the cartoon walking around in a live action and run with it, right? Because it's a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous character. Mm-hmm. It, I agree, and I'm sure that's what they're going for. But I would wish, I kind of wish they leaned more. If they wanted it to be bad, I, I, I would wish them to make it worse than it is currently. Because right now it's in that weird limbo where it's not good, but it's not bad enough to be. It's funny. a hybrid for you. Yeah, it's like in that weird um, uncanny valley, uncanny valley territory uh, for me. I'd like to see how he interacts more with the people, but. Mm-hmm. Apparently he does a lot of ripping people apart and stuff. Yeah, it should be fun. Dope. It should be a fun time. But it's the stuff we like here streaming things. I still I, wish I'm, it was Ron Funches as King Shark because he's he's my Apparently it's Sly Stallone. I know, which is so weird. Yeah. That is weird. That Didn't was my they, favorite part of the trailer though. Hand? Hand? Didn't they uh announce uh last year when they had like the big kind of like rollout of this movie that like Steven Root was gonna be? I thought it was a completely different person that was supposed to be King Shark and not Sly Stallone. I don't remember Stallone. ever knowing about the casting of king shark uh i did know all of these people that are still in it were in it but i didn't know what they were doing too much so okay i don't know but that's so i can we can safely say we're all excited I'm for still the excited suicide for squad yeah. right oh yeah, yeah for sure really so and that'll be on hbo max super stoked oh by the way uh as far as i know i think i heard of it like three days ago dune is still slated to be streamed on hbo max so i, I know there was a little bit of lawsuit nice. pending there but Lawsuits are the mind. Killer. We're still in there. So that brings us to our next segment. Since we're still kind of, we're talking kind of newsy stuff. We got a, we got a spot for that. Let's do it. I was trying to, to do it. What Steve was doing, like point the finger at the exact moment that they said, check it. 
and I didn't do it's it. It's hard to time. He's the expert here. So I've, we got some I've news. I've listened to that so many times. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> so Check the Gate is the segment where we talk about, you know, the hottest, freshest, most steaming TV and film news that you can get literally anywhere else. And you can also get it here on streaming things. So, ha. So one of it was Dune. We got you. We tricked you. <laughs> we got some sad news this week, folks. Sad, sad news this week. Uh, Derek Colstead uh, is leaving John Wick for the fourth and fifth installments. He's the writer. The writer, yeah. I heard uh, of the first three. And he's leaving. He's heading out. I don't know who is slated to replace him. Um, I mean, I think Chad Stahelski is still helming as director. So that gives me a lot of hope. But I was like, why would they fix something that's not broken? Sure. Well, so he, I think, had solo writing credit on the first and second one and then had co-writing credit with a bunch of people on the third. Okay. And so I I think eventually it was just like, we don't really need you anymore and we're going in a different direction. Now, the guy's not struggling for work. He just did the uh, Bob Odenkirk, John Wick ripoff. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Uh, So he wrote that. Which came out today. Was that today? As, as we're recording, it came out today, and I wish we had we had time to go see it. I think that looks amazing. I love Bob Odenkirk, and I heard it's getting good reviews. Um, so yeah, yeah. So he's doing good things, but you know, I'm glad that John Wick launched his his career. But I just I love those movies so much. Mm-hmm. I'm terrified of them being fucked with. And the writing in the third one was god fucking awful. Definitely less than the first two. Yeah. Um, so. It's just getting too big now. And that's not to say they lean hard into the story. What's so funny, Steve? I just remember the first time I saw John Wick 3. Uh, Andy you hadn't had, seen John Wick had, 2? Yeah, and he was like, hey, bro, you want to go watch John Wick 3 with me? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then we sat down in the theater, and as soon as it starts, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, no. I never saw John Wick 2. <laughs> what is happening? How does that happen to some? I don't know. I don't know. I guess like John Wick's a really, really cool franchise. It's very culturally relevant. Well, like I really not like like Godzilla from 2014. You can kind of skip and forget. You know what I mean? I don't know why. For whatever reason, I just thought that I had seen it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. I just assumed that it was probably the plot similarity. Like somebody pissed off John, right? And he went and killed them all. (laughs) And they were like, yeah, I mean, that's what happens. And you're like, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the opening of three is literally the minute two ends. His dogs are really big part of it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I did see that one. Wait, then, like, is there a car he loves? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have seen it then. Yeah, where's, for sure. Where's Theo and Greyjoy? <laughs> well, that's where you would have lost him. So that's one bit of news I have. Also, as of today as well, this is March 26th as we're recording, Disney Plus uh, raises its prices in the U.S. for the very first time. So it went to $7.99 a month from $6.99 a month. So we got a dollar raise on Disney+. Plus. It has begun. We knew it was too good to be true. God damn it. They wanted to rope you in with that Mandalorian. They have too much good content. Rope you in with that WandaVision. And then hit you with the fucking Falcon. Like, hey, you want to watch all 100 TV shows we're coming out with this year that are based mm-hmm. off Marvel and Star Wars? Well, pony up that extra dollar a month. <laughs> Pony up a month. <laughs> well, you want to watch Mulan? That's thirty dollars extra if you want to watch it early. Yeah, so pretty sad. I'll continue paying until it gets to like the sixteen dollar range, most likely. <laughs> That's how Netflix got me. Netflix was this cheap at one point, as you yeah, recall. I do. It's like I pay eighteen ninety nine or something ridiculous now for my four. Is that how much for Netflix is? Yeah, four screens. Yeah, because I have the four screens. Holy balls. Like big boy thing. Yeah. It's, it's, God damn. They, and they know they got me. They got me. I'm not going to cancel Netflix and then be on streaming things like, Chris, did you watch Witcher season two? Uh, I couldn't swing it. You know, get the fuck off the show. You can just buy that month when Witcher comes out. I guess so. But actually, I teeter on that. I've been teetering that. Are a you lot. a teeterer? 
where I, I've just been really considering dropping Netflix and only buying it when Stranger Things or Witcher or something good comes of out. Of the streaming services nowadays, that would be the one probably to drop, ironically. But Which I almost so feel weird. like that's disloyal. I know, but I think I feel like Netflix is being disloyal to me because the only shows they make nowadays are. Not I know. I great. love how they came out at the beginning of the year and said we're going to drop a brand new movie and TV show every single week this year. And I was like, "Holy fucking shit! How do you do that?" And then the answer apparently was to make complete shit. Yeah, and that's how you do that. Um, anyway, do you want another Bake Off show? You got it. <laughs> Speaking of Chad Stahelski, not Bake Offs, Chad Stahelski. Uh, I hope that's how you pronounce that. I don't want another Watanabe incident. Um, but <laughs> so Ghost of Tsushima, um, um, a game you probably both played. Am yes. I right? Yeah. yeah. They're turning that into a film directed by Chad Helsky. So I think that's going to be pretty fucking awesome. I would that's imagine. Awesome. It was a super yeah. cinematic game. Yeah. The best part of that game is the story. So you think it's going to be weird not being able to like press X at any point during this movie? No. Um, I mean, who's to say you can't? That's true. That's true. You can just sit there with your controller like, jump, Jen, jump. It could be like, a, what was that, Bandersnatch, the Black Mirror thing that was interactive? Oh, yeah. Could be like that. That, that could be cool because cool, you'd be like, oh, do you want Jen to be the ghost now? <laughs> or do you want him to just uh, not be stealthy? Do like an audience vote thing. Yeah, should he do the way of the samurai or the, or the way of the ghost now? Raise your hands. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If anyone know, doesn't know, Ghost of Tsushima is... Uh, it's a, you know, it's kind of like a open world action. What is it, Steve? Set in feudal. <laughs> <laughs> Andy swept in. It's a fetish. No, <laughs> no, it's, it's a, it's a video game. PS4 exclusive. Uh, it's about a guy who's defending Japan from a Mongolian invasion. And uh, he's a samurai. But in order to beat the Mongols, he has to do less than samurai things. And that puts him at odds with his uh, more traditional samurai brethren who think he is being dishonorable by putting on the mantle of the ghost, which is essentially a Japanese Batman. So it's pretty dope. I love Japanese and I love Batman. So I'm in. I also love Last Samurai starring Tom Cruise. Just thought I'd throw that out there. I love that. That used to be my favorite movie once upon a time. I'm with you, buddy. Like, what's your favorite movie? Like, Last Samurai with Tom Cruise? Uh, it was the first time That's I saw amazing. Ken Watanabe. 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 I'll get it. I'll get, it's, you know, listeners, Do you, you have to understand when you have only ever seen a word written or a name written and never, ne'er spoken, things happen. If you don't do your research, when you are spoken, <laughs> when you finally pronounce his name correctly, he's going to give you a hug very tearfully and say, beautiful. Watanabe. There you go. Beautiful. But <laughs> but Beautiful. here's the thing. It sure. broke my heart because I said his name earlier with such fucking confidence. I said wonton like I say it all the fucking time in casual <laughs> conversation. Because I do. Because I order that shit at restaurants all the time. <laughs> and the, the relation of the two mistakes is just really I wish it wasn't there. And so anyway. Also, more news. Other than us being uh, just... Filled of ignorance. <laughs> Invincible uh, dropped today on Amazon Prime. Have you guys heard about this? Robert Kirkman. Show. Robert Kirkman. Is, is it animated? Or is Andy, it you know and shit. It's animated. Okay, cool. I, I, I never read it, but I love Robert Kirkman. He's mm-hmm. a Kentucky boy. Um, I'm excited to watch it. Yep. Robert Kirkman's Invincible. I think it's got eight episodes. So Amazon's got this new uh, recipe for shows. Kind of a combo of the binge model mixed with classic weekly release. So they'll drop the first three episodes of a new property and then, uh, you know, 
taper them out. I like that model. Give it a little binge, a little baby binge. I do too. I think it's the perfect combo of both. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. My last bit of news, I'm pretty excited about this. So I got a gift from a friend. Uh, It was a comic created by Keanu Reeves called Berserker. And it's spelled, if you want to check it out, it's spelled without any vowels. So it's just B-Z-R-K-R. But it's a guy, the main character is drawn to look like Keanu Reeves. Um, And it's kind of reminds me of the old guard, uh, which I know is a comic. I never read it. I watched the movie uh, with Charlize Theron on Netflix. And um, so it's about this immortal warrior. Like this guy has been alive for about 80,000 years and he's doing like infiltrating and assassinating and type cool stuff. So I only read the first issue. I think there's only one issue out. I don't know how comics work. What is it like third Thursday of every month or something? Yeah, generally they're like a monthly thing. Something like that. So there's only one issue out. But anyway, it was co-opted already into a Netflix movie and an anime. And so then the film will star Keanu Reeves and the anime adaptation will be voiced by Keanu Reeves. So I think he wrote the comic too, didn't he? He did indeed. That's what I said. He created it. I said that, right? I I, I didn't know. I may not have. Um, Yeah. I thought the art kind of looked like Samurai Jack. uh, So I'd be super interested to see the animated version. Yeah. I wonder how the anime version is going to look, but it's uber violent. I mean, it's definitely worth checking out. It's um, the plot hasn't, it's very close to the old guard for me. So, and I just, you know, only a year after me seeing that, but you can do immortal warriors in a bunch of different ways and be interesting. So I'm definitely going to watch the shit out of the show and the movie and read the rest of the comic books. So there you go. I love Keanu. Keanu. I love Keanu. I believe it's Keanu. Yeah. It's pronounced Keanu. I know how to write comic books. (laughs) I was waiting for your Keanu impersonation. I was just staring at you like, do it. Do it. Lots of guns. <laughs> that brings us to our super super oh. super super <laughs> suicide square. Squalor. We're super seepy is what I was trying to say. <laughs> that brings us to our super secret main event. If we can make it through it, Jesus so Christ. You want to play 21? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You were here for Steve Mays 13. Well, you're in for a treat. It's Chris Rudd's 21 film and TV trivia show. So this time you got to go see Steve go head to head with Andy. Got that studio audience back there. Thank you. Thank Thank you for joining us. Steve Austin, are you here again tonight? I know you like to come to our shows. Hell yeah. All right. Good to have you here again, Steve. Thank you so much for taking time out of your retirement from the WWE to be here with us. All right. So I've compiled a list of 21 questions that only the most knowledgeable film and TV fans could possibly know. I scoured the internet and mine own knowledge. To bring this to you here tonight. I know. The person with the most points, and this is going to be scored a little strangely than any other game, okay? The person with the most points is going to win. What? <laughs> I thought we were doing golf Whoa. rules. It's different than golf. That's what I'm trying to get at. And so just buzz in by saying your name. Same rules as Steve May. I thought about this. Say each other's names. So, yeah. th- so this is the same exact game as my game, but you just have more questions. It's literally the same game with different questions. Was I supposed to come up with like a completely different set of rules no, and shit? Because I, I dropped the fucking ball. 
<laughs> I was expecting some fucking Jeopardy up in this bitch, but no. Nope. You don't have to answer in the form of a question or if that's even the right game. I don't, <laughs> I really have no confidence in myself anymore after this. That was a really rough 25 minutes of our episode in our show's history. So, I feel so this like. is like a Godzilla versus Kong, but you know, Andy is, what would you want to be, Godzilla or Kong? Steve May ain't got shit on me. <laughs> I'm Kong. Yeah. I'm a monkey. <laughs> I'm a monkey. Okay. So just say your name to buzz in, and I guess I'll kind of give it an arbitrary five to nine seconds-ish amount of time before I say that you're disqualified, okay? Uh-huh. Now, listeners, just so you know, there's a tragic happenstance of this episode. Steve operates the ones and twos. He knows where all the buttons are. So if he gets an answer wrong, he's going to have to buzz himself indicated by a thumbs down from me and so that's i gotta think extra painful show them what the correct sound sounds like steve that's right and show them what very negative wrong answer is going to result in obviously wrong one cannot hear that and think anything right in fact let me say this steve and i'll cue you'll know what to do okay ken watanabe I, I pressed the wrong button. You pressed Sorry. the wrong button. That is just <laughs> this episode in a nutshell. I just was really wanting to be positive. Like, yeah, buddy. Ken Watanabe. Thank you. Yep, that is not how you pronounce that name. We know now. I'm, I'm, uh, how about this? I'm going to tell you this right now, Chris. I'm only looking at you for visual cues. Okay. Uh, ignorance. There we go. There we go. Now we got it. We got it. Wanton ignorance. <laughs> one time all right and he's wearing his headphones wrong even right now steve get the negative buzzer <laughs> it's, it's more comfortable i like it it looks cool all right so let's get this game started play at home i won't be able to tell but i'm just saying it'd be fun if you did <laughs> please interact with us at home right now all right starting it off are you guys ready for this i'm ready so don't look stupid in front of our listeners oh man <laughs> We've proven ourselves to be so smart so far. I, I I made it through our last trivia quiz sounding smart because I knew all the answers. Now I know. that she was I'm on the other side, I'm excited about this. And I'm going to expose myself for the idiot I am. Can I just say I hate the euphemism she was on the other foot? The worm has turned. <laughs> <laughs> That's much better. That's much better. I'm just saying shoes can't be on the other foot. The glove is on the other ear. What? What? <laughs> all right. Be prepared. Which best picture winner? Some have called this the best movie of all time, starring Sean Bean, is about Nicolas Cage trying to steal the Declaration of Independence. Steve. It's not a real question. Oh. <laughs> I just want to start us off to take some tension out of the air. I knew that one. Dang it. <laughs> it's not a best picture winner. I was going to say, you lost me there. I was like, what the fuck? That's National Treasure, goddammit. It, it might have won wonderful best movie. picture, like the Saturn Awards. I don't know. That's true. That's true. A couple <laughs> Razzies. I actually like that movie. The score is amazing. All right. What night is the real question? What 1984 film is said to have sparked the debate that led to the creation of the PG-13 rating? Steve. Steve. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Andy, mm. an opportunity to steal. All right, Andy. Uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Steve, go back to you. I don't know how this works anymore. Oh, can I make another guess? Isn't that what you did one time for me? Maybe. No, I think you're just both wrong. It was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, oh okay. You wanted to close. buzz me right, and I appreciate that. I but did. <laughs> you saw me reach <laughs> He was reaching for that fucking button. You got it. So it was Temple of the Doom, and uh, the first PG-13 movie 
was Red Dawn. Red Dawn. So Steven Spielberg so is Jones movie was a PG 13 thing, huh? It was credited. No, well, starting the debate. Um, Cause Steven Spielberg wanted it. Yes. Like he, he pushed for that. He knew his film did not deserve a PG rating, but he also did not think it warranted an R rating. And therefore we have the PG 13. Uh-huh. So he's credited with inventing the PG 13 rating from the MPAA, which is fair. Fascinating. Dune is definitely a PG 13 movie. I have a feeling Steve is going to get this one. To no points awarded so far. No, zero to zero. Are you keeping score, Chris? I am in okay. my head. Okay. I'm obviously of extreme intellect, and I don't see why that would be difficult. What do you think I am full of ignorance? <laughs> <laughs> What's the name? <laughs> okay, what is the name of the skyscraper in Die Hard? Andy. Uh, oh, Andy. Uh, n- Nagamani. Te- er, shit. Not. <laughs> Nagamani shit is not the right answer. <laughs> Steve. Steve. Nakatomi Plaza. Hey, you are correct. God damn it. I was so close. <laughs> Nagatomi shit. <laughs> I knew it. One point to Steve and zero for Andy. Uh, they just get, mentioned that on Brooklyn Nine-Nine too. I so. get a half a point, right? God damn it. <laughs> no, you get Nagatomi shit for that answer. <laughs> okay. Third question. Who is the only actor... To receive an Oscar nomination for acting in a Lord of the Rings movie. Oh, there's so many that are deserving, but who would actually get the nomination? I'm going to go out on a limb, Steve. Andy. Oh, no, you get, you got. I don't know. I'm, I'm supposed to be the arbiter here, but yeah, I feel, you go, you I go feel Andy. weird. Andy, Bigo uh, Mortensen. I'm glad Andy went first. I would have guessed that. Steve. (laughs) (laughs) You go first, Andy. I'm such a gentleman. Steve. Uh, Ian McKellen. That is correct. Son of a bitch. Ian McKellen. Two to nothing. I win. Oh, wait. I'm not playing. (laughs) Next question. What is the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time? Andy. Andy. Deadpool. Really? I feel like the. I just, thought that was. Ju- the ju- didn't that just set the record? I think something just beat it this year, though, or oh, like within shit. the last year. Oh, gosh. Goodness. What would that be, Steve? Oh, I don't. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of R rated movies that came out this year that were good. Uh, you don't necessarily have to do that. That's true. Well, you know what? Pass. I don't know. Okay. It, no points are awarded, and may God have mercy on both your souls. <laughs> it is Joker starring Joaquin ah, Phoenix. Yeah, okay. that's right. That's right. The and greatest movie of all time, right? You probably were right up until recently, Andy. I was right until recently. Because it, it was. It was. 100%. I remember that headline coming out. So it still remains Steve's game, two to nothing. Well, it's Chris Rudd's fucking game, but Steve's winning it. In my mind, I got two half points so far. That's true. My only goal in this game is to get 13 correct answers. (laughs) (laughs) Steve made 13. All right. In the next question, in Apocalypse Now, Robert Duvall famously says, I love the smell of blank in the morning. Napalm. All right. (laughs) All right. right. (laughs) Two to one. Was that one too easy? Yeah, that was, that was, uh, no, I mean, did you know it, Steve? I did. Yeah, fuck you. No, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't win. I was just being polite and letting Chris finish <laughs> asking the question. Ooh, is Andy getting a little too aggressive, you thinking? No, no. you can 100% buzz in. You definitely the- can. It's not against the rules that we didn't set down. Oh, now that I know that. <laughs> Steve. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> just start saying random movie facts. <laughs> Tom Hanks. <laughs> All right. Next question. Steve. <laughs> Pretty Murphy. 
<laughs> you say Freddie Mercury? <laughs> I mean, that's not. I said Brittany Murphy. That's not oh, wrong. okay. That, that is the that's fucking crazy. All right. What, there was such stupid questions in doing this research, trying to find good ones. One of them was, uh, what popular musical group is the movie Bohemian Rhapsody about? Like shit like that. And then what? Clearly let's Damn it, Steve. (laughs) All right. What is the highest grossing foreign language film at the U.S. box office? What is the highest grossing foreign language film at the U.S. box office? And I only, I didn't do a bunch of box office questions. I just chose this one because it actually interested me, the answer. Hmm. Foreign language film. At the box office. I'm going to take a wild stab at it. I don't well, think it's right. Steve. Would you, would you like a hint? Yes, please. Yeah. The director is not from a foreign country. So this you're probably thinking way off bounds here. Okay. The director is American. Okay. Great. That doesn't really help me. It, <laughs> oh, I... You probably I won't remember that idea. this movie was entirely in a different language either, unless you think hard. Does that, does that mean it wasn't released in a different language? Like what, what No, it's just that? when I think of it, I kind of forget it was subtitled. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm trying real hard to remember uh, the name of this movie. Um, oh, God. I'm drawing a complete blank. Like, I can't think of anything that I feel I like. I don't know that I could give any more hints that wouldn't be just a blatant throwing it to you. Okay. Can Tim you give though. me a year? <sighs> okay. Um, no. Zero? The year zero? Uh, Steve. Steve. Passion of the Christ. You are correct. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good hint. That was a very good hint. Oh, my gosh. I wouldn't have got it if you didn't do that. <laughs> See what I mean, though? When you think of that yeah. movie, do you think of it as a foreign language film? No, I really don't. Yeah, me neither. That was, it totally was. I was trying to think of the Empire movie. I can't remember what it's called. Um, about the little kid that becomes the emperor. Uh Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> no. God damn it. Gladiator. Move on. I don't remember. Oh, I know what you're talking Empire about. Empire of the Sun? No, that's not, that's yeah. not a foreign uh, That that's was where my head kept going, but that's not the name of the movie. Okay. Doesn't matter. Check this out. This, so this three is, to one. I did a couple things that were a little different than your types of questions, but the rules are the same, so I didn't do much work, Steve. I'm sorry. But in 1994, I'm, I'm so Jim Carrey starred in three legendary comedies. What are they? So you have to get all 1994, three. 1994. Jim Carrey comedies. Jim Carrey. All legendary. Uh, Don't forget the word legendary. Legendary. I think I can come up with two. I'm trying to think of what the third one would be. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Steve. Steve. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. That is one. Mask. Liar, liar. Andy. That is wrong. Okay. Last one was Dumb and Dumber. I'll give it to you. What were the other two? The two that you already named. <laughs> Which two? What are they? Ace Ventura and, uh, um, fuck. What was the other one? Uh, oh, don't make me do this. Uh, Ace Ventura and, mask. uh, the mask. It no, was, it was the mask. It was the mask. It was the mask. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was making you do that as a joke and then you almost couldn't. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> was, well, I really did want that from you though. You know right. what I mean? Like, For sure. Sure. If I wasn't your brow, yeah. <laughs> if I wasn't your brow, if I, 
Yeah, I, Liar Liar was like 97 or something, wasn't it? Now that I'm thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, it was it was much later. So okay. I just thought that was interesting. I, I had forgotten that The Mask, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and Dumb and Dumber all came out in the same year. What a year. I was six. What, what a, a year. year. Holy and cow. I was super happy to watch those at six years old. <laughs> yeah. Those are good movies. All right. Next. So that is four to two. Three I believe. To yeah. Three to two. two. Three to two? Three to two. It was three to one prior to that. Three question. to two. Sorry, three to I'm two. really good at this. I told you my intellect was too profound to fuck up the score. It is three to two. Steve's game. Do you want me to start counting? We should nope. start counting. No, okay. Don't fucking. All right. Chris, Chris, he's got it. And he's got it. I'm okay. saying that for the listeners. Don't start counting, but obviously secretly start counting. Sure. Idiots. People are going to email us like, oh, actually, Andy won. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome, actually. All right. Next question. Stop the steal. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be all over the QAnon. QAnon. <laughs> this episode should be called like Chris versus words. <laughs> That's the best kaiju ever. QAnord. It's just this giant dork stomping on people's reality. Oh my God. Okay. What? Andy's going to just snack this right out of Steve's stupid face. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Didn't know my face was what, stupid. What is the fictional brand of cigarettes in Quentin Tarantino movies? Fudge. Oh, man. In Tarantino movies. I, th- I thought you were going to say uh, Kevin Smith movies, and you didn't. Uh, wow. I I know there's some. I, I'm not going to get this. I'm just just saying that right now because I know there's a specific brand, but I've never been super, I've never put that into memory. Oh no. I think you both know this answer. Oh, for sure. Like when you say it, I'll be like, Oh yeah, of course. But I mean, that's not something that I filed away in my memory palace. If you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I think you need to explore that palace um, a little more. I do. Let's see. Um, Steve, Steve for genius limbs. <laughs> 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 Andy, chance to steal. Uh, I'm uh, Andy. I'm going to say nails because that's the Kevin Smith. That's the Clark's one. And but yeah. press it again because he knew that was wrong. <laughs> and I, thought, I thought maybe uh, ter- uh, Kevin Smith referenced uh, the Tarantino cigarettes. That's the only reason I said it. It is a red apple. Red apple. God oh, damn it. I yeah. didn't know that. Okay. Red apple cigarettes. Yep. I did know yep. that. Okay, this is fun. I was hoping I was hoping these weren't be too easy. This no, is fun. this is a good mix. All right, so far, I mean, the rest could be shit. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> only, only three films in history have won the Big Five at the Oscars, which is Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, and Best Screenplay, either original or adapted. So you have to win for both actors. Best Picture, Director, and Screenplay. It's only happened three times in history. Name one. Name one of them. One of them. Steve. Steve. The English Patient. Damn it. I thought I had it. That is a good It's a big swing. It was a good guess. You can't go wrong with the fines. Um, what are you thinking, Andy? Let's let's talk this out together. Okay. Now I'm um, on your team. I want to help you win. I feel like it happened fairly recently. Uh, it wasn't Parasite. No, it wasn't Parasite, Parasite. didn't get an acting nom. No, it did not. I'll um, give you a hint before you go way too far down the wrong path. So it, it wasn't has super recently. not happened 
in my, I don't think since the eighties. Okay. Andy. Oh, wow. Gone with the wind. You went a little too far back. (laughs) (laughs) Took a shot. Uh, so it was, it happened one night was the first time. I think that was in 1938. So it was with Clark Gable. So you were on the right track there. It happened again with silence of the lambs. Really? And it happened again with one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Oh, actually would have been before silence of the lambs. Okay. So those are the three. And I, I like that question because we talked about one flew over the cuckoo's nest. At one point yeah. on our book episode, oh, I was like, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. And I think Steve was like, I've never seen is it. it. And, you know, and I was like, yeah, it's such a good movie. <laughs> it's a great, movie. such a good movie. Um, and I that, also rewatched Silence of the Lambs recently. Fucking crazy good. That's a good movie. All right. So this one, one. Best Picture. Yeah. Silence of the Lambs did. Damn. Apparently. That's awesome. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Movie rules. All right. Also, I don't know if this is true. This is not in the trivia. I was going to look it up. I think. That was Anthony Hopkins' first film, I think. Prior to that, he was only a stage actor. Not only, like it's a lesser thing. It's a wonderful thing, but he was a stage actor. Yeah, that was actor. his thing that he did. He was in, I think he was in his 40s That's in incredible. Silence of the Lambs, which is insane. I mean, he's such a touchstone of our culture now. And like, I cannot believe that he didn't do any of that until he was in his 40s. Yeah, it's nuts. Um I'm always super impressed when actors and actresses who like just kind of, I'm like 45, 50 years old. I'll give this acting and movies thing a shot and then knock it out of the park. Like, uh, Alan Rickman. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was trying to think of. (laughs) Like, wasn't Die Hard his first thing? Yeah. I think that was like literally. Well, these guys were titans of theater prior to that. So it's not like they were new to acting. Yeah, but it's, it's it's interesting to think like for so long they were just like I just do theater. That's the only thing I do is my theater thing. And then at one point something clicks like I'll give well, this I think film thing. A shot. Something clicks, meaning I really would like a better house, right? <laughs> I, I might be <laughs> off base, but I thought that Alan Rickman didn't act at all until he was like in his late thirties, early forties. That could be true. I just know in Anthony's because uh, he and I are bros. His case, How's Anthony Tony, Tony. <laughs> we had a lot of Tonys. You know what I'm saying? T Dog. <laughs> okay, so. Is it still three to two, correct? Yes. Next question. And I don't think you know this. I didn't know this at all, but maybe you do. Steve Steve pulls shit out of his ass sometimes. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> Generally when he wipes. <laughs> what horror... This is actually ironically relevant to that statement. What horror classic was the first movie ever to show a toilet Steve. flushing? Psycho. Ding, ding. God damn See it. what I'm saying? I knew that too. You did? I did. <laughs> <laughs> nice. As soon as you said toilet, I'm like, it's either Dreamcatcher or Psycho. Four to, four to two. <laughs> and then you said classic. I'm like, Psycho. <laughs> four to two. All right. The script for what movie was written on the shooting breaks for Raiders of the Lost Ark? So the script of the movie you're looking for is written during the breaks of Raiders. Correct. Okay. So it's uh, got to be a Stevie Spielberg choice, Andy. I assume. E.T. Oh, shit. Oh, no, no. Ding, ding, ding. That is correct. I'm sorry. My my thumb was a little whack. <laughs> you got it right, buddy. Yay. Phone home, baby. Did you know that, Steve? I did not know that. I might have guessed it, but I didn't know that. I didn't know e. that E.T. was my favorite movie as a child. I super guessed it. I, I did not know that either. Pretty awesome stuff. Written on the fucking brakes. And it's just a tiny film nobody really cares about. So it's understandable that it was kind of like hodgepodge together. Isn't that thing anymore? (laughs) Right. Wasn't E.T. written by Harrison Ford's then wife? 
It was. That's what I was trying to frantically. That's why I didn't ding very well is because there's a whole fascinating backstory to that, that it was with his then wife um, and Steven Spielberg sitting together doing this kind of stuff. So anyway, I fucked that up, though, and couldn't pull it up fast enough and didn't actually know it. Well, here, Andy, this one's for you. Hey. <laughs> yeah, because the other one was muddled by the negativity of the, yeah. of the negatory buzzer. All right. Next question. So now we are t- four to three. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say time and then I knew it wasn't true in my brain. <laughs> I like how we've all gotten roles now in this trivia. Like you're asking the questions. I'm manning the buzzers and Andy's actually keeping score. <laughs> so we are all. T- <laughs> I know when Steve did the game show, he did it all. Yeah. I'm awesome at it. All right. <laughs> The script. I mean, I already asked that question. (laughs) (laughs) Chris, I think you need this. I think you need this. I do, actually. You You can do it. You can do it, buddy. All right. This is a this is a gimme. What actor plays Marty Bird in Ozark, the Netflix drama series? Andy. Andy. Uh, uh, Jason Reitman. Oh no, that's the director. God damn it, Steve. Chance to steal. Steve. Mm-hmm. Jason Bateman? That's correct. Ha! He so looks close. so mad He's at so mad. right now. <laughs> they, I get those Jasons mixed up all the time, to be fair. Uh, we should play a trivia game one time called Jason Reitman, Jason Bateman, or Patrick Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Is that like fuck, Mary kill? That well, sounds amazing. <laughs> it was more like which one did this thing in uh, I can't was, believe it. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I, so I, know, I know my answers. All right. Jason Reitman's one of my favorite directors. He's a great director. It. He's a great director. All right, this is another gimme. It's going to be a free-for-all, okay? Yeah. Steve knows a lot about music, but Andy mm-hmm. is a musician, so I don't know where this is going to go. Who sings the theme song to the show Friends? Oh, God. And I'm talking about... Ta, 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 ta. Ah, you... So no one knows you like gonna be this way. Ta, ta, your job's a joke, you broke. Your love's lost the away. <laughs> Second gear. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I am blanking on this so bad. I really thought you were going to know this. I don't, I don't watch Friends. I know, I, the, I, I know the theme song. I 100% know yeah. the theme song, but I, I'm blanking on who the artist is because that's like their only big hit, right? Uh, the band, is, do you want a hint? Is that fair? Please, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, think uh, Renaissance Painter. Um... Okay. So if that doesn't Renaissance like jar it for you, I think we're, I think we're done. Well, well, let's, we're let's name our Renaissance paint, painters right now. We got, okay. let's talk uh, about a little Renaissance trivia. We uh, got Da Vinci. We got Michelangelo. What are the other turtles names? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Botticelli. Haley Leonardo. No. No. Uh, Steve. Steve, Stan. Vinci and the Funky Bunch. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. The Rembrandts. (laughs) You know, I can honestly say. say, Why did you say thank you toothpaste, bro? I would have gotten that one. I can honestly say I don't know if I've never heard that band's name said out loud before. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. That was not at all what I thought it was going to be. I'm worried about some of the rest of these questions now. Okay. Are they all Rembrandt related? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're all 
friends related. No. The cultural touchstone, Rembrandt. <laughs> the band, not the artist. So what's the score now? Still f- uh, five to three. Five to three. All right. What film did Sissy Space? This is a trick question. At least it was for me. You might just know it. What film did Sissy Spacek win an Oscar for in 1980? Ugh. Uh, mm, mm. I don't know about this one. Do what? What Sissy Spacek films do you know? Let's talk through this. I'm blanking on Sissy Spacek movies. I don't know who C- Sissy Spacek is. Oh, no. Can, Can you show us a picture? Carrie? Oh, okay. Um, the trick question part of it was going to be one of you dummies was going to say Carrie. And it yeah, was going to no, be like, haha, no. So she was just in um, the she Carrie? TV show recently. The She is Carrie. Um, shit. Uh, you said 1980? Correct. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. What's a hint? You said, you said that like you had one in the chamber. I did. <laughs> and then I don't know if it's actually going to be useful at all. Ben Stiller's character in Zoolander. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm want to see where this rabbit hole ends up. So at one point he does a job where he thinks he gets <laughs> the black lung. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so if he had a daughter, <laughs> it would be the title of this film. So... <laughs> Zoolander getting the black lung pop. Yes. If, if Zoolander I with the black, the black lung had lung a pop. So the movie is called. <laughs> it's coal miner's daughter. Coal miner's daughter. I can honestly say I've never heard of that movie at all. That was a good hint. That was a good hint. Come on guys. Coal miner. If he had a daughter, black lung pop. I get it. I get it. All right. You guys got this one. All right, here we go. This we got is, it. Andy? I'm gonna, I, again, Andy, I know Annie, Annie, <laughs> Annie <laughs> has an intimate game. knowledge of this film, and yet Steve has an intimate knowledge of Andy. <laughs> and so, therefore, it's, it's anybody's game. No surface has well, been left turned. In the film, Almost Famous, on what LP was a note left for William by his sister? So she leaves a note for William. I've never seen Almost Famous. Oh, <laughs> um, well, uh, dude, just did the invasion oh. of the body snatchers face to me. Uh, Andy, Simon Garfunkel, Sounds of Silence. It's Simon Garfunkel, isn't it? It's Tommy. Oh, is it Tommy? Steve. God damn it! It's Tommy. Tommy you by the who? Get, you don't get to win. <laughs> i don't that's you, wrong no i know we so listeners just so you're aware in the future we're going to have a segment called blind spots wherein each of us will watch a film we should have seen quote unquote and we'll talk about our experience right that's going to be a wonderful segment and so i have little room to talk i've never seen 2001 a space odyssey i've never seen for instance citizen kane sunset boulevard some big blind spots right Steve has never seen Almost Famous. That is a water bottle crushing worthy statement. It's a seminal work. It literally helped inform who I am, Steve. Well, everyone, it's uh, been a really fun time here on Streaming Things. <laughs> I will, uh, see, I'll see you on down the I road. I think we should have a watch party soon. You're going to fucking love this movie. It's a phenomenal movie. Anyway. Tru- truly wonderful. Anyway. Is that the one with Mark I, I got Mark? the thing wrong. I could have sworn that it was fucking. That's Rockstar. He flips through. He flips past the Simon and Garfunkel <laughs> album. 
He said, is that the one with Marky Mark? And you're just going to let that go? The one he, with Marky Mark? Yeah, Rockstar yeah. with him and Jennifer Aniston. You haven't seen Rockstar either? No. With its note, it's not so even on the same. You don't know anything about Almost Famous. Like I, Phyllis Umer Hoffman, Kate Hudson, Billy Crudup. I didn't know any of those people were in Jason that movie. Lee. Jason Lee. Dude, it's phenomenal. You're going to be. I always thought Almost Famous was Rockstar, I guess. <laughs> you're going to be so in Jimmy love Fallon with this movie. Before oh. he was, or oh. while he was still yeah, insufferable. Yeah. Uh, dude, it is a way to see me found. You're right. There or? is Simon and Garfunkel is a huge part of the soundtrack. He, it's one of the albums he flips past. But the, she's like, look, look. There's yeah, the little Tommy note thing. by that yeah. light a candle and listen to Tommy, and you'll see your future. Yeah. Anyway, that is a good album, though. <laughs> I love how Steve actually does love the Who. So he's like, ah, <laughs> oh, Tommy by the Who. No, you don't get points for that, Damn son it. of a bitch. Damn All right, what is the name of the Alien Vaders? Damn it, I can't talk. Alien Vader. <laughs> alien Vader. What is the name of the alien invaders in the 2014 film Edge of Tomorrow? Oh, ooh, that's a good question. Ooh, that is a good question. They have like a nebulous type name, if I remember. Um, sure, one could call it nebulous. That's it's like, true. it's the blank. It uh, is true indeed. It is, well... Are you implying that there's necessarily Steve. a the, the in there? Steve. Uh, sure. Mimics. Holy shit. Nailed it. <laughs> Six to three. Nailed it. I can get there. My br- if, if my brain has a connection in the mind palace, I will walk down those <laughs> corridors and find it. That is it good? Is it six to three? It is six to three. Give me the thing. It is six <laughs> to three. You did it, Chris. You got it. <laughs> you did it. Woo! All right. I win. In the movie, this is a gimme. You just got to be quicker on the buzzer. In the movie Anchorman, what does Brick use to kill a man? Steve. Hand grenade. Oh, he did the other thing. motherfucker said a hand grenade and he's stealing. He did the other Uh, thing. I know what he did. Yep. Shit. Wait, hang on. I've watched Anchorman a long time. Give me a second. Brick killed a guy. (laughs) Uh, uh, Andy. Andy. Tried it. Yes. I, but you know what I'm thinking? Where I got that though, right? There's that shot where they're fighting and yeah, he's just running around with it, holding it. People screaming, ah! Brick. I killed a man. Brick killed a guy. You, I've been ta- meaning to ask you about this. I hit Brick. him with you, a trident. You should, you should probably lie low. You should probably lay low for a while. You're probably wanted for murder. Right. This is a good one. I thought I came up with this one myself. Name the th- the first three directors. Of the Alien franchise. The first three directors of the Alien franchise? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Um, so, Alien, Aliens, and Alien 3. Steve. A hesitant Steve wishes to answer. Ridley Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, David Fincher? It's the, yes. I didn't ask you to do it in order. Oh, okay. And then the other one is... Um, Shoot, it's resurrection. Um, is it Whedon? No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> Shit. Uh, you have to say them all. Joss, or David Fincher directed three. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Shit. Rid- Ridley Scott directed two. Yeah, I know. I have mean. no idea. Or I'm sorry, Ridley Scott directed one. I have no idea. Who I know who directed two. two yes, now. you do, Andy. Yes, you do. Use your Andy. fucking noggin. Blue people. It's one of the biggest directors of all time. Titanic. Oh, James. Or wait titanic yeah 
Cam or James Cameron directed it? He did. Okay, I'll take it. So then, yeah, those three. All on his own, Andy Stoll. <laughs> James Cameron directed in Aliens. 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 Who directed Resurrection? David Fincher. No, he wait, did, Aliens he did Three. Aliens. I don't know who Alien did after that. That's why I said the first three. I think I it kind of three is like a weird choice, if I remember. Alien Three is like the oh my god, you fucking shit the bed. What a terrible. I don't god think any movie. of the amazing directors did any of the other ones. You know, we talked about um, Resurrection was directed by. Yeah, Jean Pierre Jeunet. Oh, okay. You but know, I think it's Jean fascinating. That, I think it's fascinating that the the big three did those first three films. Oh, hold on, hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on. Let me look at something. Let me look at something real quick. Joss Whedon wrote Alien Resurrection. There you go. Okay. I thought that Joss Boom. Whedon shit was way out of Boom. nowhere. <laughs> you get uh, Naganami shit points for that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so now we're at six to four. Nakatomi Plaza. How many questions uh, do we have left? <laughs> I was just thinking about it. six to four with one, two, three questions left. No, literally seven, seven to five. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, seven to five with three questions left. Yeah. So it's still and anybody's you can game. Still win. It's yeah, anybody's I could, game. I could. And unfortunately, this Steve, next because Steve gifted me. Uh, I'm going to skip this next question it. and leave it for the end because it's very. Steve leaning. Okay. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> well, if you answer this next one right, and it really, that yeah. leaves it. That's yeah. okay. That's okay. We got to draw this out. In the film Pulp Fiction, mm. what kind of burger does Jules eat? Steve. From, from what store? Andy. After Steve. <laughs> Steve, go ahead. Quarter pounder with cheese or a Royale with cheese? Oh, oh shit! Now in a fuck. Oh, uh, you said from what store? Oh, I know now. Uh, yeah. Andy Big Kahuna Burger. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Good job. So that was a trick question because I was. knew your brain was going to go Royale. Yep. Because there's two famous burgers in that. You got me. That is a tasty burger, Steve. <laughs> All right. Oh, I think I asked Marvin. Of the righteous is beset <laughs> on all sides. All right. In forgetting Sarah Marshall, Peter has the idea to make a musical about what? Andy. Andy. Dracula. Yes. Seven to seven. Holy shit. It's like Muppet Dracula too, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. It's really actually a really good song. It is. It's a good part of the movie. <laughs> Andy yeah. came out of nowhere. Tied. He's coming back, baby. The game. However, unfortunately, an unfortunate end to all. I feel like this is like a Rocky movie where you've worked so hard. <laughs> da -na -na -na. I made it to the 12th round. Da -na -na -na. Well, this is high stakes because Andy, you won the last trivia, right? I did. So you're defending your I'm title. Defending I didn't think about title. that. Oh, shit. To a Star Wars question. We want the oh, gold, no. Andy. We coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is basically the Russian. He's Dolph Lundgren in Rocky Four right now. All we right. really don't have Watch a chance. Andy just completely pants me on this one. <laughs> Naganami shit. But it is episode three question. Okay. So that's why Andy I has a chance. don't have a chance at all. Steve loves that movie. And does it really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you like Revenge of the Sith? On what planet do Anakin and Obi-Wan do battles? Steve. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, what is Mustafar? That is correct. <laughs> Steve yeah. is the winner. While you, all, while you were all busy being cool in high school, I was learning the ways of the Sith. Well, you're a darksider? No. Andy, given a long enough timeline, would you have answered that? 
Yes. You did know Mustafar. I did know Mustafar only because of the um, Revenge of the Sith video game. I see. I didn't know that at all. And I just wrote it down for you guys. Did you guys know that Mustafar is in Rise of Skywalker? I did not. You know, the wait, they do go back there. I thought, right. I hate that fucking movie. Well, you know, in Rise of Skywalker, when Kylo Ren's like just cutting dudes down in the beginning in that like foresty area. Is that Mustafar? That is supposed to be Mustafar. Yes. I thought Mustafar was like a barren. Well, Chris, what you have to do is read and watch all these novels that don't take place in the the movies to know that uh, Mustafar is going going under a geological change over the last 30 years where it's somewhat habitable now. Okay. Is that a real thing that's no longer canon? No, that's, is? that is new canon. Yeah. Oh, is, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. Over 30 years, there was a geographical change. Huh? You, you know, like nature's healing. <laughs> 30 <laughs> so years. Godzilla came, of course. <laughs> yeah. Vera Farmiga brought him yeah. to Mustafar. <laughs> Is a whole thing. She was like, Anakin messed up by killing the Trade Federation. We need to bro- unleash Godzilla to save the planet. And Millie Bobby Brown was behind her like, stop. Stop it. You're being <laughs> stupid. <laughs> hey, you, mom. So what did you guys think of my trivia? That was Chris excellent. Rudd's 21. That was excellent. I loved it. Mostly because I Those won, were, but I loved it. <laughs> Steve, I bequeath the hand job onto you. Well, that <laughs> that's right. We compete for hand jobs. I did forget the prize. I wish uh, there was a tie will game. You, will I'd be you going to do the skiing. ceremonial noise. There you go. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was excellent. Those were good questions. Such a good show. I worked really hard on it. So I never 15, occurred to there, me. There were six of them that we didn't know the answers to. That's, That's true. Good. You did some good fucking math, Andrew. Hell yeah. Well, you both need to brush up on your sissy spacek for sure. For I'm sure. really shocked you guys didn't get the. She the, was just in. Uh, what the fuck is that? Was that Hulu original show? Uh, that was all about the Kevin, uh, or, uh, Stephen King, uh, world castle rock, castle rock. Wasn't she in castle rock? I didn't see castle rock. Oh, I didn't watch it either. I know you said it was really good. I she watched was the in pilot something and it was really recently, good. And I think it was the first season of castle rock, but I might be, she's been in a few that would things. make sense if she's in the, because that's kind of a Stephen King throwbacky type show. Right. And but so that would make sense if she was in that. It's been in quite a few, but things. I'm afraid that I'm thinking that because she was in Carrie, she's been in kind of a sissy space, space, recently. Space, space, um, the last movie was a movie called homecoming. Castle Rock, she was. She played Ruth Deaver. Dope. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm not. And she was in The Old Man and the Gun. You got it. (laughs) She was in The Old Man and the Gun and also The Help. Oh, my God. I forgot about I forgot about Old Man and the Gun. I I forgot about I forgot about about Old Man and the Gun. (laughs) I was so tired. I couldn't do it. Uh, Anyway, we're just really running off the rails here. Listeners, we apologize. We hope you enjoyed our Kong and Godzilla coverage this evening. Yeah. (laughs) It's a wonderful trivia game. So please, please, God, give us another chance next week. A. B. (laughs) B. Email us at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. You can follow me, for whatever reason, on Twitter. At C. Michael Wrights. At Andy Cass. Andy most days. (laughs) C. May 13. We don't even... This show is streaming things versus words. You heard it here first. Have a great night, everybody. Ignorance.